0: We'll mm-hmm. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Roto-Grinders NBA Morning Grind podcast. I am Justin Carlucci, a.k.a. The Looch. Thanks for joining us here, and I'm joined by the Iceman, Keith Eister. How are you, buddy? Good to have the show with you for once.
1: Yeah, man. Good good to be on with you. Um, we've got a, an exciting week ahead here, um, wrapping up the NBA season. For, we're leading into MLB opening day and the Masters kicking off later this week, so... Just a a very exciting week ahead of us here. And it's such
0: a joy to uh, predict a billion hypotheticals last week of NBA. It's 12-game slate. We have some news, but it's tough to play DFS this week in NBA. So you kind of know what you're signing up for, and and we'll try to to nail out some hypotheticals and some things to look out for. And we have a little bit of news, so uh, bear with us here, and and we'll do our best. Of course, we're recording uh, the night before the slate, so things are typically stale by 7 p.m. the following day this time of the year and there's always surprises i, I i'm just thinking it back to a couple of years ago where there was no late swap on one of the sites I, I can't recall which one and it's just maddening to think if that was still a thing and uh, how much money you'd be out when you get that goose egg with a late with a late scratch or or uh, covid related illness or someone just getting rest like 76ers are the first team we're going to talk about, and they're typically pretty late with with breaking news. And sometimes you don't know M- MB news until the game "quote unquote" locks. So crazy stuff here this week, Keith. Uh, you know, what's your input or advice on if you're playing
1: DFS this week in NBA? Yeah, definitely have to stay vigilant about the news. Um, not not something that you can just set at lock time and forget throughout the rest of the night. Uh, Dejounte Murray did it twice to us over the weekend. Um, well, I guess Popovich did it to us twice, but. Murray got ruled out late on Friday night, and then I believe it was Sunday again, like right after the slate locked, he got he got ruled out um, for the Sunday game. So there's going to be some crazy things like that that happened for sure. Um, if, if you are investing dollars into this, you definitely need to be paying attention throughout the night as the news continues to break. For sure, which uh, which is a double edged sword here because there are some
0: props that you can take advantage of. And a uh, quick plug for Scores and Odds check out Keith's article series called Icebreakers uh, on Scores and Odds. We have free content on scoresandodds.com, our partner site. And uh, Icebreakers has been great. A lot of great calls. You focus on props. Of course, we have premium expert picks as well on Scores and Odds. And we're going to be ramping up the volume there. We're going to put out some MLB stuff. Um, Joe has a great master's preview and uh, STL card is always pumps out some good golf stuff over there too. So if, if you're also big into betting scores and odds, we have content now scores awesome stuff with icebreaker so far, Keith. And when there's a boatload of injuries, listen, Vegas is Vegas and they they will forever be very good, but you can find some discrepancies and there's a lot of unknown. And, and typically Vegas goes by longer term data uh, so you're able to take some more shots, and uh, we like to climb the ladder every now and then on Fanduel. And Jalen Green was a big winner, you know, playing those 30 plus and yeah. 35 plus point games, and someone call him the new Desmond Bain.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, you were. Uh, I know you wrote it up the first day. Houston ruled out like Christian Wood and and Eric Gordon, kind of for the seems like the rest of the season here. I know you wrote up Jalen Green. We had discussed it a little bit before the slate about how well he had been playing and how much potential there were. I think you wrote up the latter plays on on scores and odd him and Kevin Porter were both a part of my article that day. And they've, they've been really good to us in like the three or four games that they've played since then. Um, definitely made a few dollars on on those two boys in Houston.
0: Definitely you've had some great calls. So keep up the good work. And that little like two day two to three day switch where Sacramento and Houston ran it back was terrible games, yeah. but great for DFS <laughs> and, and props. So this is a big prop week. So like I'm more inclined to take advantage of some uh I guess I would say uh, new play unknown players and newer roles or bad players playing 30 minutes. No one's bad in the NBA. Um, but uh but you know what I'm saying. So check out scores and odds. Keith does a lot of great stuff, and uh, so does the rest of our team there. So uh, without further ado, let's drive into this slop fest of a twelve game slate we have here. Philly and Indy, Philly and Indy, and you know uh, I am a Sixers fan. I'm a little unbiased, and I, I just I, I'm I want to be optimistic. I just like with Glenn Rivers there. I know Philly people call him Glenn. Uh, I just I, I'm hoping they're not like a second round exit, but. Uh, it's just kind of like you bring in Harden; he's an elite talent. And I'm still seeing some of the same issues they had with the old roster without Harden. You know, without you know uh, when when Seth Curry was still around, like some of the some of the same things that are maddening uh, are still happening in Philly. And they're squeaking out games. They you know squeaked out the win against uh, Cleveland, who didn't have Mobley and a couple other pieces available. And you know the win the wins the win crowd will have my neck here, but. um. You know, I just don't know. Uh, On the flip side, they get the Pacers on the road uh, who have been, you know, one of the worst teams in the league and frequently active on the injury report throughout the season. A lot of new faces, a lot of young players are trying to figure it out. Uh, And by the way, scoresandodds.com has a great injury report daily. It's clean. It's free. Um, scores and odds.com slash NBA slash injuries has a lot of stuff. It's easy to navigate um, as does Roto grinders with our situation room, by the way. So uh, either site, a lot to work with, but uh, you know, Brogdon has been getting a lot of rest. Uh, you know, he's questionable. Uh, my guess is there's no reason to play him, you know, on, on Tuesday. And if you disagree with any of these, feel free to take the reins there. So I'm guessing we'll be without Brogdon, you know, Goga. We also don't know. Um, You know, Duarte will not play. Miles Turner hasn't played in a long time. Ricky Rubio has been out forever. TJ McConnell has been out forever. And, of course, TJ Warren has been out forever. It's just been awful, tough sledding for the Pacers, who, if healthy, you know, could have knocked on the door of, of, you know, I don't know, six seeds, something like that in this East if if they were healthy. But uh, it looks like they're going to be without Brogdon and Goga most likely. Duarte is definitely out. So, Th- this game, it looks like Embiid is, is, is probably going to play. Again, we don't know who's going to rest, right? Is, we're 20, 24 hours-ish before lock. We're, we're expecting people to play that aren't on this injury report here. So let's just assume the Sixers are in, um, you know, and you have Halliburton on the flip side. Who is 8,600 on FanDuel? You know, Buddy Heald, 6K. And uh, when brogdon has been out, those guys have feasted from time to time here. So what's kind of your general outlook on the Sixers and the
1: Pacers? Yeah, I mean, massive slate here, obviously, but we're going to have a ton of news, a ton of value is going to open up. So paying up, and there's no shortage of superstars on this slate. You've got Jokic and Embiid, um, Harden, Durant, um, like the list just goes on and on, Giannis, uh, LeBron. So there's going to be no shortage of guys to spend up for. But Embiid is definitely in the middle of that MVP conversation. He's trying to chase down a scoring title as well. Um, I think he plays here, uh, and the matchup is phenomenal against Indy. They've, they've been really bad on defense. I think they're about 27th in defensive rating. Um, it's, it's pretty much just Embiid. Um, it's not necessarily a game environment that I love, but Embiid, I think is going to be one of my primary spends just, um, where we sit right now. I think we're going to have plenty of value where we can pay up for at least one stud, and probably multiple studs. Um, it's going to be Embiid for me
0: yeah i don't have a total on it right now 12 and a half point spread as of now uh mb's been great you're right he's chasing that thing you know uh a lot of media narrative stuff here between him and Jokic, see all over the web and um i i, I, I agree with you you know the sixers have this bad habit of just kind of letting teams hang around and letting teams hang around and Uh, Yeah, it could get ugly, but this also could be one of those where the Sixers pull ahead late. And if Embiid gets three and a half quarters here, uh, he could do a lot of damage here. So uh, I kind of like the call with paying up at Embiid. You know, Harden's been playing a little bit better. I guess if I'm just spending up over 10K, I'd much rather just go up and try to make Embiid work. Because like you said, we know there's going to be a lot of value that we don't even know about yet on top of the value that that already exists here. So I, I don't think you have a problem going up from Harden to Embiid if you're looking at this game from a Sixers perspective. You know the team total on Philly's side will probably be friendly, uh, you know, considering they're such heavy favors here. So, so I'm with you there. Uh, you know, Halliburton has been very good. Uh, when Brogdon has been out specifically and Brogdon is technically questionable, I believe as of right now, but I, I can't imagine him playing. So I still don't know if I'm paying up for nine K for Halliburton on this 12 game slate um, because there's so many games and it should be easy to get a couple of the big studs that play with those ceilings. I feel like I'm probably not just even going to run this back with anybody from NBA, you know, stud wise, um, buddy heals price, you know, six K. I do like that. And I do think there is something there against Philly. Uh, you know, if you're looking for a little bit of narrative stuff too, you know, he was rumored to go to the Sixers for about the last year and a half, and then it just didn't pan out. Um, and Buddy Heald's been great, the usage has been up when Brogdon's been out. He's playing 40 minutes now that there's no Luke Walton in town and things like that. So, I do think Buddy Heald is a decent play. Um, on FanDuel, you it's know, a little bit cheaper than DK. So, if you're looking for a run back from this game, I don't mind Buddy Heald. Um, maybe with Embiid, uh, someone like Buddy is going to have to shoot indie. Uh, into this game to kind of keep it competitive here. Um, of course, there's been a lot of Pacers who have been really good for DFS, uh, Keith. When when you know when the stars have aligned here, uh, Isaiah Jackson's very cheap. I guess I'd consider him at 4600 on DK if gives out. Um, so, what are your thoughts on the Pacers, if anyone?
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, with such a big slate, I don't necessarily feel compelled to run this one back, especially with Halliburton's price up there um i think um isaiah jackson is the one guy i have interest in if Goga is ruled out um hopefully you get a little bit of extra it's they still do funky things and jackson isn't going to be out there for 30 minutes more than likely Um, but he does produce when he's out there so even if you only get 25 minutes out of him at 4600 i wouldn't mind that probably don't need to pay for halliburton um, and even healed at 6,600 on DK. I, I don't love that. So I think I'm just going to run and beat out their solo on the majority of them, unless we get go and then I have some Jackson interest.
0: Yeah, that makes sense here. Um, how about we move on to Cleveland and Orlando, the other seven o'clock Eastern game on the card here, some sticker shock here with Darius Garland. He's almost at 10 K, but that price tag is warranted. And Probably in the running. I don't even know what the odds are in front of me, but I would imagine he's a heavy candidate for most improved player of the year. He's really took, has taken the next step forward and the kid's good. He's really good. It makes you wonder what they're going to do uh, with Colin Sexton. Cause they kind of have similar roles on that team. And uh, when he comes back, so a bit of really cool run for Darius Garland. Um, Evan Mobley is out. We know that uh, he's missed a couple of games here. Moses Brown's been playing a guy who I thought would get run with Dallas, but he did not earlier this year. So uh, we're going to see, you know, pretty heavy minutes here for the Cleveland starters here. Mo- I'm assuming, um, you know, we're waiting for Kevin love to like play 30 minutes, right? He's been super frustrating. I know you and I have both been targeting him uh, in props and he's been one that I've been on the wrong side of because he pops in all these models and uh, is a great fantasy point producer here. And uh, just isn't getting a lot of run here down the stretch and, uh, I get it. I guess they're saving his legs a little bit here for the playoffs. And that's fine. Um, Jarrett Allen, I believe does have uh, a questionable tag, but the, the big news here is knowing that uh, Mobley is out. Um, Rondo has a little bit of a bum ankle, but it looks like he's available as of now. Actually, it looks like Jared Allen's out. That's what I
1: have. Do you see that too? I, I do see the questionable tag still, but I, I don't think they're going to rush him back for this one. I, um, I don't see that he's officially out, but my I, mistake, if I, if I, if I had a guess, he's, he's not going to play in this, my moment.
0: mistake, that was of March 8th. He's, he hasn't played since March 8th. I was looking at this injury report was kind of, uh, dated, uh, differently than what I was looking at. So yeah, if Allen's out, you know, that this has been the scenario, the last couple of games, Mobley and Allen are out. You're expecting love to play, you know, 28, 30 minutes. You're hoping anyway, from a, from an overbetter or a DFS player. Um, but it's been Mark Kennan. My guy, see what I did there? Yeah. <laughs> if you tune into uh, to Crunch Time, you know uh, we love some Mark Cannon. Um, But I mean, I mean, the guy's pushing forty minutes, so that that's the move, if any here. You know, you can play Garland; he's shown super ceiling. Um, but uh, I, I would also want Jared Allen out to play Garland, probably. Uh, Lavert's been great. We're finally seeing the leash off Lavert here too. So. Um, Let's see where Karis Levert is priced at. We got him at 7K, so he's finally up there. We're probably not interested. Um, It's a price thing for me. I don't know if I'll get to Garland. He's been great. Don't think I'll get to Levert. Um, But marketing, I mean, he's kind of still in that sweet spot, and I'm willing to go
1: there. Yeah, Garland is tough with as many studs as there are on this slate. I think he will be one of the lower-owned ones for sure. Um, that, That price tag is tough. I think there's still some meat on the bone there for Levert at seven K he's been playing upper thirties minutes, like between 36 and 38 since they removed that minutes restriction. Uh, we've seen a ceiling out of him. I think there's still some room for him to pay off seven K in this matchup with a, a, an Orlando team. That's actually been playing pretty fast here recently. Uh, Love and, and marketing Markinen just haven't been quite doing enough for me. Um, And part of that is because they inserted Moses Brown into the starting lineup and they're still running Kevin Love off of the bench. So Moses Brown at 4,800, I think is in play against this Orlando team. I'll probably pass on love just because we haven't seen the 30 minutes on him that, that we've been looking for. So I think Levert and Moses Brown would be my two favorite targets from Cleveland here.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally get it. And, uh, you know, it's been a while since we've seen Levert ceiling. It was, uh, you know, a personnel thing and a minutes thing for a while, and it just wasn't healthy. But I totally get that for tournaments. And on this slate, you'll probably get them at pretty low ownership. So I don't mind that look at all here. Uh, the Orlando side, now this is this is a complete mess. This is, like, yeah. peak late-season NBA stuff here, <laughs> folks. So if you're paying attention to to one team's injury report, it's probably Orlando. Uh, which could open up some massive volume. And I, I can't get a read on what they're going to do. The good news is it's one of our two early games. So we should get this by six Eastern, six thirty Eastern. Hopefully Cole Anthony is questionable. Admiral Schofield questionable. Franz Wagner questionable. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. Is out. Um, and Jalen Suggs is questionable. Uh, I mean, all hell could break loose here, Keith. It's uh it's hard to really say right now, but this could open up a lot of things because you have you have our guy Chuma under 5K, Markel Fultz is under 5K, Mo Wagner's under 5K, RJ Hampton, I feel like forever is just 3,600. It doesn't matter. Like He's <laughs> always 3,600. So uh, this is one of the teams to monitor for value, uh, even if they're playing Cleveland. When you have guys that are so cheap that are going to play like 30 minutes, kind of doesn't matter who they're playing, Keith.
1: Yeah, and Cleveland has taken a step back without uh, Mobley and Allen in the middle there protecting the rim. Cleveland has actually not been great on defense without those two guys. So the problem is that Orlando is all over the place on their minutes and their rotation. It just feels like they're playing everybody in that 25 to 28-minute range, and nobody is seeing enough minutes. Now, maybe if we get all of Anthony Franz and Suggs out, somebody steps up. Maybe it's Chumo Kike who plays 30 minutes. Just have to see what happens with, with Anthony Franz and Suggs. Um, the one guy who played pretty decent in their last one, it was Mo Wagner. Um, I definitely need Franz out to be able to play him, but he's 4,200. Um, talked about the big man missing on the Cleveland side, so Mo Wagner at 4,200 is somebody I, I wouldn't mind taking a shot on.
0: I agree. I want Franz out to play to play Mo um, and he got blowout run too, which was good to see. You know, RJ Hampton played a lot too. The thing is, he's just a terrible point per minute guy. Like even when he has every door open to burst through it, you know, he'll drop like a, you know, a 0. 0.4 fantasy point per minute outing or something like that. Um, but you know, if the, if all, if most of these guys do get ruled out, he'll pop in models as a points per dollar play, just know his floor is really low and on a slate where there's going to be a ton of value. Like, I I think I'd pick and choose elsewhere where I know there's there's a higher floor and a higher ceiling, uh, I'm thinking here. But I think Wagner is more of the point-per-minute guy like you were alluding to. I really like that call a lot. And the rotation is a complete mess. Like you said, they played – you know, they had a, a ton of guys out last game as well. Nicole Anthony only played two minutes against the Knicks, went down. Um, but they still rolled out, like, nine guys or something like that. So it's not even like they're rolling six or seven guys out here. So it's a tough case to crack here, but I agree. I agree. Um you know, god, I'm I'm gonna get hell for this, but uh Ignaz played 30 minutes. That was that was You nice. nailed it. That was a piss poor <laughs> piss poor performance there. Um, he played a lot too. Um, this is a guy whose name was floating around uh preseason and we didn't really see him a lot. Um, got any thoughts on him? Can you go there if the rate
1: news breaks, or is that just a disgusting idea? I mean, if everybody's out and yeah, he played a ton 37 minutes in the last one and he's near minimum price at 3200 on DK um i mean a huge slate i'm not sure if we'll need it but he's he's someone to monitor for sure can you take a crack at his name so i just don't feel as bad um i believe it's Bresdekis yeah i think you were, you were pretty close to it actually sometimes i i, th- don't, I sell myself short sometimes Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man you know
0: we're at the time of the year like i knew who he was but every now and then you just you're like who the hell is this guy and you hop on google like we're at that point where maybe i google one or two guys like we know we know a lot of hoops but every you now and then i'm like all right where did this guy go to school like i, I, I gotta find out um so yeah what the magic little tricky here but there could be some value
1: uh what's your what's your lean on rj hampton is it different than mine just low per minute production is the problem like the minutes have been there and he's still not getting there so i it depends on the news that breaks um, if for some reason we don't get as much uh, um, new yet, I would be, I would have mild interest, but I think there's going to be better stuff that opens up.
0: Uh, I have Brooklyn and Houston next uh, on my game and uh, my slate here. And it's just screaming, no defense and pace, you know, <laughs> uh, probably a slaughter if, uh, if Brooklyn doesn't rest anybody, I, I, I just, I, I couldn't imagine both studs playing. I don't know. I mean, I know they the playoff picture you got to take into consideration here, but and I could be wrong, but like if they can't handle Houston, who shut down every most of the people they've typically been playing without Kyrie or KD, then, then what are we even doing here? I, I don't know. And what we do know officially is that uh, James Johnson is questionable. Goran Dragic will not play, he's in health and safeties. So you have Goran Dragic out. Seth Curry's questionable. Bruce Brown's out. Ben Simmons, shocker, still isn't playing, you know? And, uh, of course, Joe Harris hasn't played in a really long time either. So uh, they're down bodies, too. I mean, maybe both guys have to play. I, I don't think they have to play, but I, I, don't, I don't have the next 12-man uh, you know, in front of me here. But who, I don't know who else is left here. Um, so this could be a situation where we have uh, some things to capitalize here. What, what's your kind of initial reaction here seeing this kind of messy Brooklyn injury report, Keith?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we get at least one of the studs sitting here. I just looked it up. They're, they're currently tied for 10, the ninth spot with, with Charlotte, and they're, they don't have any danger of falling out. So I don't really – they're a game behind the Hawks for the eighth seed. I don't know that there's that much of an advantage for them to move into the eighth seed. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some guys rest in this one. Um, Obviously, it's a phenomenal matchup against Houston. So whatever they decide to do, we're going to have interest in Brooklyn. Um, I would almost prefer that at least one of the studs sat so that we could feel better. Because if Kyrie and Durant are both in there, do they really have enough ceiling if they blow out this Houston team? Um, I'd be a little bit concerned about that on a a full 12-game slate here. I'd be a little bit worried about the blowout, I think. So I wouldn't mind if they rested a few people. Uh, maybe Kyrie just hasn't played very much this season. I could see them resting Durant, playing Kyrie, something like that. And if you get one of the studs out, then I think the other stud is is a phenomenal play. Um, Drummond, if he plays, I don't mind him at 6,800. He has a clear hold on that center position now. Um, they, they've just been playing him a lot more over Aldridge and Claxton. Uh, at 6,800, Houston has been unable to stop big men at all um, since Christian, what has been out. So would not mind drumming. And then I guess it just kind of depends on, on the injury report. Seth Curry would matter a little bit for somebody like Bruce Brown. um, But we'll just have to see what Brooklyn ends up doing. It's obviously a phenomenal matchup. We're going to have interest here um, no matter which way they go.
0: Yeah. I I really like that. uh, That breakdown of of the nets you, you given us there. Um, Kyrie is only nine K on FanDuel. So if Durant sits, wow. we're going to see like mega chalk with Kyrie, then you're going to have to make some tournament decisions. I mean, you know, you get Kyrie at 50% and some decent stake stuff. It's like, yeah, you know, it's cheap, but is the game a blowout? Uh, you know, then then what? You know, where where's your edge? I don't know. Like that's going to Kyrie might be a big decision point if they decide to give Durant a break here. I tell you what, man. I love I love these Rockets from a prop betting perspective here. we They've treated us well, Keith. Kevin Porter is finally over 8K. Like, that price has been warranted. He's been absolutely hooping. Kudos to yeah. you. You've been all over him. Um, Sun Gun has been popular. Deshaun Tate's kind of been letting us down, if he's been one guy who's been the letdown. Uh, Jalen Green, 6,700 on FanDuel, a little bit cheaper than DK. He's almost a cash game play at this point because of his role it's scary because this game's a little bit of a slaughter uh, has slaughter written all over. So I'm, I'm thinking here, if one of the Brooklyn studs are out then I think you can play Jalen green and cash. I know it's super early. So take that with a grain of salt, uh, at least on, on, uh, on DK. Cause he's 6,700. I'm not crazy about the 7,400 price. He becomes more of like a large field play here because the usage has been through the roof. He's scoring like 30 real points, almost every game now. Um, before I get to my favorite play on Houston, I don't think there's lines on Jalen green yet, but he opened at 22 and a half. I think the last time we took him, and he crushed that. No problem. The previous game, he was at 20 and a half. I know maybe there were, we're factoring spread and blowout here, but what do you think Jalen green opens up at from a prop point? And like, are you blindly interested as long as
1: it's not over a certain number? I am blindly interested up to 25. I think even if it opened at 24 and a half, I, I think I'm interested. Uh, and I've been laddering his threes too. And he's hit, uh, he hit six for like four in a row there, I believe he's had over five in five of the last six. So, yeah, yeah uh, give me the over on Jalen Green points and the over on Jalen Green threes all the way up the ladder. I mean, I think um, I mean, if it opened at 22 and a half, maybe they get aggressive because of the matchup with Brooklyn and it's 24 and a half this time. I'd still be interested there. If it goes over 25, then I, I might have to pump the brakes a little bit even though, I mean, like you said, 30 over 30, the last four games in a row. So I would still have interest. I just, I don't know that it would be like an auto smash play like it has been.
0: I agree. If we're seeing 23 and a half, I think I'm still in. Um, I'm curious to see where that opens. And, and, and just to backtrack slightly on Houston, you know, Christian Wood, they shut down Eric Gordon also shut down Uh, and Schroeder who looked pretty good. I'm surprised, surprised he didn't kind of land on a contender in a bench role, but Hey, uh, to each their own. Schroeder is also out. Um, it looks like Jalen Green's officially probable. I tell you what, I think Josh Christopher's in the perfect spot because he's 4,600. He's playing mega minutes. He's had a couple of like 8 to 9X ceiling games here because he's finally getting the run. This kid's very talented here. I know he had, a, he had 11 of his 14 shots the last game. He's not going to shoot 80% every game. Um, but, you know, he's delivered in three of the last four. Since uh, since the news. I mean, we're talking 42 DK points, 26 and a half. Then he had a, a dump of 10 and then 38.25 against Minnesota. Uh, I mean, the, the thing with him is he'll he's going to play meaningful minutes as kind of, I guess, the sixth man guard right now. Yeah. As the as the as the first guard off the bench. And he is also going to run in blowouts. Probably like, like, so he's in the perfect threshold here of we'll play meaningful minutes, um, and also going to play in blowouts. And he just went absolutely ballistic in the fourth quarter against Minnesota last game. He had 19 real points in the fourth quarter. Um, he closed that game with Kenyon Martin, who was also, um, coming off the bench. But I don't know if if Jashawn Tate was in foul trouble. Okay. He was in a little bit of foul trouble. But nothing. But he, didn't, Tate didn't even check in the fourth quarter of that game, so they kind of rode the hot hand. And I feel like maybe they're kind of getting over JeeSean Tate, like they're giving him every opportunity to sell that he to either showcase himself to move elsewhere or that he belongs. And like I'm sure he'll find a roster spot, but he he's kind of been underwhelming. Um, so I, I, you know, they were more than willing to roll Kenyon Martin to close against Minnesota, and Christopher closed with Kevin Porter, Jalen Green, and Sungun. So I think that bodes really well for Josh Christopher and. He, he
1: might be my favorite per dollar play on Houston. I like that call. Um, and like, if you don't want to play one of the studs on Brooklyn, then Josh, Green, uh, Josh Christopher is the the Houston guy you should be playing. Um, I, I think that's a great way to attack this game. Like if you're playing Kyrie or Durant, then you want to run it back with somebody like Porter or green or Shen Gun. But if you're not playing one of the studs from Brooklyn, then I love somebody like Christopher. I think setting up rules to make sure that your lineups feature either of those two scenarios is going to be important for a slate like this.
0: Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, do you have a, do you have a, a best guess of, of if either of these Brooklyn guys sit and give any like, you know, spaghetti at the wall theory of why it would be one or the other.
1: I don't really have anything. Um, I, I don't know. See, I'm having a hard time deciding why, why wouldn't they just rest both of them? Um, and then it's like, well, why would they just rest one of them? So, yeah, I, I really just don't know. Um, I feel like Kyrie missing half of the season, not being able to play at home, might factor into this a little bit. But but Durant missed some time with an injury, too. So it's not like he's been overworked. Maybe they just play everybody and, and try to improve their seating. But honestly, they could sit one of them and probably win the game and with ease anyway. So hard to say. I, I don't have a good feel on what they intend to do here.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. Let, let's scoot right along here to Charlotte at Miami. Um, it sounds like it's going to be a rest day for Kyle Lowry. I, I read on one through one of their beat writers before we logged on here that his questionable tag is rest-related. So hearing that is kind of like one of the most surely questionable tags we're going to have here. Kyle Lowry, rest, same sentence, Hornets, at, you know, um, I'm thinking Kyle Lowry is probably not going to play. Um, we don't know about Dwayne Dedman, you know, Marquise Morris. I don't like, These guys matter less. Um, so if we don't see Lowry, obviously you have the Hornets matchup, which isn't as good as it was in the first half of the season, but it's still really good. Um, and you have Bam. It looks like, you know, we haven't heard anything on Jimmy. I mean, I don't know. And you have Hero. Maybe we see a rest day out of one of them. Uh, if Bam or Jimmy... If either one of them do sit, I mean, then then we're talking, you know, Tyler Hero uh, time to shine here and, and Bam against that interior of Charlotte. You know, Bam's eighty four hundred. You no know, Hero down at sixty three would be the ticket here. And um, even with without just Lowry, I, I you know I, I I tend to to play a guy like Hero in matchups against Charlotte. Um, you know, you're not going to see any any bombs on the game log with Hero, but he's been consistently okay. So uh, I guess I do have a little bit of interest here. Jimmy Butler is 7,600 on FanDuel, by the way. Um, so that's that's super interesting. And if he's a go, like, you're going to see him pop in just about every model, every projection system in the entire world here. Um, thoughts about this one, and uh, do you think, are you in the same line of thinking as me that Lowry probably doesn't play if it's already kind of labeled a rest thing?
1: Yeah, it seems like he's going to sit this one out. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Butler I don't know um like they're they have a decent lead for the, the one seed I believe yeah they're up two games on Boston for the the one seed I, so I don't think they'll rush Jimmy therefore if if he's active then I have interest like you mentioned the price has come down um and this is a fantastic matchup against Charlotte so I I know he hasn't been outstanding here recently but he, the price is starting to reflect that. And in a great matchup against Charlotte, I think he could absolutely pay that off for sure. So yeah, I think Jimmy would be my favorite target hero at 6,600 without Lowry. Um, fine as well. And bam, great matchup against Charlotte struggles against the center position. Um, yeah, I, I do have quite a, quite a bit of interest in the heat here.
0: Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Uh, quick shout out to my, uh, my friend, Bob Volio. Um, he is a, a Twitch affiliate, by the way. He plays Madden competitively. Cool guy to follow. But uh, he also made an NBA live final a couple of years ago. And he dabbles in the space. And he's had some pretty big wins. But I was actually at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Bally's in Atlantic City with him. We were watching uh, the UNC Duke game. But he, he was glued to the handful of NBA games that were on. And um, he played one of these lottery tickets, parlays. Um, and let me just tell you what the, what the, what the odds were. I'm, I'm going to say it just what the ticket says. <laughs> I can't even. It's uh, plus... Jesus Bob, what did you do here plus twenty nine <sighs> seventy nine two forty five like uh, like a monster ticket it was it was like two or three bucks to win seventy five k he had Clay Thompson to score thirty five plus against Utah Mike Conley to also make five three pointers. Darius Garland to make five three pointers, which was plus eight forty, and Kyle Lowry to have twelve dimes, which was plus a thousand. So he nailed all of those, except Kyle Lowry finished with ten when the game was a borderline blowout. But they were running Hero and Butler in the blowout, and not Lowry. So everybody was glued to uh, to the UNC Duke game, and he was having a meltdown um, while we were drinking some Jack and Cokes, um, watching <laughs> watching the Miami Charlotte game, you know, on like the tiny TV, but um those lottery ticket parlays man i mean uh you know uh, you get close sometimes and you get that sweat but uh it was good that I, it sounds funny but it was good to see someone else feel the pain that i feel often <laughs> you know when i get late <laughs> <scratched> <laughs> right. or something but i felt for a man and uh, we had a couple of beers and i uh, gotta love those those uh the same game parlays when you can put them together keith you ever play some lotto tickets with, with some parlays
1: yeah every once in a while um you never know. Like you just, you throw a couple bucks on them and just hope to hit one throughout, I don't know, over the course of a year or something like that. Yeah. It, it's always a good time when they start to get close for sure. Yeah.
0: So uh, shout out to Bob. I feel you, man, that was a tough one, but uh, let's see here. And you know, the fact that maybe this was that speaking of that little personal fun we just had, but Lowry not finishing that game when others did a little bit might, you know, imply that, yeah, like we're going to rest them anyway, the next game, let's just get them off the court and let let Hero and Butler clean up. So I'm, I'm pretty certain Larry's not going to play here. Um, Charlotte side of things, you know, I. Rozier's back under 7K on FanDuel. LaMelo is, is floating around 93. Um, I, I just, I can't see myself targeting anybody from Charlotte unless
1: we get some injury news here. I'm probably just full passing here. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. It's a huge slate. Charlotte's always a tough team to figure out. Um, it just seems like LaMelo bridges and Rogier trade trade off on who's going to be the one that, that has the big ceiling game, tough matchup with Miami. So I don't think I'll, I'll need to try to figure it out on this, this slate. Um, just play my, whichever Miami guy fits in the lineup and don't worry about running it back. Um, LaMelo's price is a little bit too, too high for me. Um, so maybe Bridges or Rogier, but I don't know. I don't love it with the matchup. I, I'm with you. I I don't have a ton of interest in Charlotte. All
0: right, moving right along here. Got a massive 12-gamer here, so we're going to keep the pedal down here. Atlanta at Toronto. I'm looking at Atlanta's injury report here. It looks like we don't know about Bogdanovich, and we don't know about Gallinari. Um, yeah, you know, it's not the best matchup in the world, the Raptors, but um, you know, Capella is still a very interesting price at 6,500. And, um, when Atlanta has not been involved in a blowout to some capacity or another, uh, he's shown six to seven X upside uh, pretty frequently the last 10 days or so. So I think Capella's price is good on FanDuel. Uh, of course, Trae Young is pretty much good for a ceiling game and, uh, you know, you can play him under pretty much any circumstance here. Uh, you know, you have these guys, you have, you know, Kevin Herter, if we get Gallo out, if we get, uh Bogdanovich out you know Herder is interesting at 5,400 um you know you always like to play him when he's like in the fours though so on a 12 game with a ton of value you know I'm not sure how I I'm not like prioritizing Herder, but I get the play here that kind of just goes for the rest of these like sidecar pieces Atlanta has in my opinion that DeAndre Hunter great price 46 I you know I just can't count on him to get that ceiling game and DeLon Wright same thing so um I think I'll have Trey shares if, if I decide to multi-enter tomorrow. I don't know what I'm going to do, honestly, yet. We'll see what, what kind of news we get in the morning. Uh, I think Capella is probably probably my favorite play on the Atlanta side of the things here, if that's where you land at center.
1: Yep, I, I pretty much agree with everything you said there. I'll, I'll have a little bit of Trey, but he won't be a top priority for me. Um, won't be one of my higher-owned studs on the slate. I think Capella's price tag at 6500 is is right where it should be i'll I'll have no problem taking shots on there um especially with toronto's big man situation um they've struggled against centers all season um and then herders a little bit overpriced so i only even look down here if bogdanovich and gallinari are out and probably not even then so a a sprinkle of trey young a good amount of capella and that's about it for atlanta it gets more interesting
0: on the Toronto side of the ball with OG questionable to play. Looks like he has a thigh problem. Uh, And he's been back for five games and he's been logging, you know, 26 to 35 plus minutes. So that would open the door for these other three guys on Atlanta. I mean, Fred Van Fleet still pushing 40 minutes and he's looked really good the last couple of games, you know, finally getting the, you know, 40 plus fantasy points. I mean, he's been playing crazy defense. He's, you know, maybe been lucking out with some steals and blocks the last couple of games. I mean, against Orlando, we had six steals and a block. Against Minnesota, he had four steals and two blocks. Against Boston, he had three steals and a block <laughs> to, to get there. But he's still fairly, fairly priced to 7,400 on FanDuel that, like, he's going to give you that floor anyway. And I'm not knocking defense here. I'm not. It's just something that, like, I don't enjoy counting on. But that Fanduel price is really nice. He's all the way up at eighty one hundred on DK. Like even if OG was out, I'd probably have to think about that a little bit. I think Scotty Barnes is the ticket here if OG is out on Fanduel. That price is just plummeting down to sixty four hundred. I know we haven't seen that the same output we saw, um, you know, a couple weeks to a month ago. But he's still been really good. I mean, he's still hitting five to six times value in most of these recent games here. And of course he had the like LeBron threw the ball in my face narrative game where he he dropped 60 or whatever that was. So uh, I think if, if OG is out, uh, Scotty Barnes is a play here uh, against Atlanta who has struggled against athletic forwards the last couple of seasons at 6,400 on FanDuel. Uh, what are your thoughts on these Raptors?
1: Yeah. Pricing is a little bit tougher on DK. Like you were mentioning. Um, I do love this matchup against Atlanta though. Uh, I think, I would lean Van Vliet over Siakam just to save the, save the money. There's a, a lot of guys in that nine, 10 K range. Um, so I think I would just prefer to save the money, go down to Van Vliet. Gary Trent may be the other one. I I would have some interest in very scoring dependent, but a guy we have seen just get red hot from three. Um, hasn't really shown it a ton here recently, but at 5,700, I don't mind his price. Um, I, I, I don't know. I just, it's mild interest on Toronto for me, even though it's a a good spot here against Atlanta.
0: Tell you what, Gary Trent's 51 on FanDuel and that screaming cash game play here. Uh, You can play him without OG. I know it's been tough sledding recently, but that floor is definitely there, even though he's scoring dependent. As long as this game is not a complete blowout. I think Gary Trent's squarely in play, and if OG's out, um, we're gonna we're gonna see some big chalk with Gary Trent. I think if fifty one hundred on FanDuel for sure, it's still a really nice price on DK. So, um, yeah, I monitor that OG news. You know, we we talked about some stuff that we know. Uh, Orlando's pretty big so far. We're guessing that Brooklyn maybe rest someone, but we're just speculating. Uh, but OG is legitimately questionable to play, uh, and these Raptors are gonna be squarely in play here. Um, if OG is out and you know, you could play Trent regardless. Siakam, I, I feel you. Um, he's been really good this year on this slate. And I know he's flashed killer upside on this slate. I, I feel like I'm in the same boat with Darius Garland with his price. It's about the same price. Uh, typically kind of has the same output, you know, could you use them in a little stack with Trey young? Yeah. I, I like that idea. Um, I don't know to play him. I think I would just need OG out and maybe another surprise on Toronto too, to like want to prioritize him. If you're 100 Max one, you know, 150 Max excuse me, you're playing hundred lineups. Yeah. I, I don't mind the Siakam shares. I would just probably correlate him with Trey young or Capella. Yeah. I like that. Cool. A couple of eight o'clock Easter games here. Let's go over to Washington and Minnesota while I bring up the injury report here for Washington Kyle Kuzma's not playing. Um and that looks like all that we have right now on the Washington side here. Yeah, poor Porzingis has been pretty good, you know. It's just a shame that it didn't work out with Luka, but but here we are. And he is on the Wizards. It's still kind of strange here. Uh, he's all the way up to 91 on FanDuel though. And um I would imagine what's the over there on DK Keith? Uh
1: 8900 on DK.
0: So, I don't know. A gut, gut says for me, even without Kuzma, it's, it's a pass for me. I think on this slate, is it a it's a price thing for me? Let's just get this out of the way. Are you in or out on Porzingis at his price?
1: I, I don't mind the price. It's just I don't know. I don't know. How to go there in this slate. Um, fine matchup against Minnesota. It's just kind of like if it, if it if it's a piece that fits. If I need somebody between like 80, 100 and. 9k and it it's like a last piece type of deal i'd be fine with it i wouldn't kick him out of the lineup but i i won't be making sure i'm over the field or anything like that on him.
0: uh yeah I, and kind of the rest of these washington guys i with the value that's going to be really open and solidified in a couple of places I, I i'm not rushing to play any of these national guys and yeah don't get me wrong like they could have ceiling games like I don't know when Corey Kispert's going for 30, you know, he went for under 20 the last four, but I, I can't, I don't have a crystal ball. Like I understand if they're in your pool, um, but like I'm not
1: prioritizing probably anybody on Washington. Do you see any priorities over here? I, I don't really. Avdia and Hachimura have each had their moments over the past couple of weeks, but too much inconsistency there with the minutes. Um, I, I would say Caldwell Pope has been the most consistent, Oddly enough, and he has shown a little bit of a ceiling, 5,500, I don't hate that. I think of the, of this mid, like, 4 and 5K range, I think Caldwell Pope would be the one I f- would play the most. But, yeah, I, I don't love any of them.
0: Yeah, and, you know, sticker shock usually works when prices are up, and I'm looking at Minnesota, and um, I'm looking at DK. You got D'Angelo Russell at 64, which... Yeah, which is okay, right? Like you, you see him floating around that range sometimes. It's still pretty cheap. Edwards 75 is about right. Towns is ninety-five. I don't know what FanDuel did, Keith. I don't know what FanDuel did. <laughs> Carl Anthony Towns is eighty three hundred. 8300 oh, uh, Anthony <laughs> Edwards is seven K, and that's fine. I don't are you look are we pl- are we gonna play a fun game or are you staring at it as I am? <laughs>
1: I'm not looking at FanDuel pricing, though. No. All right, uh, D'Angelo Russell, take take I, a stab I, here. What he's at? He was in the five Ks on Sunday, I believe. Yeah. So he's. I'm going to say he's at like 5400 again.
0: Yeah, he's still there, despite going <laughs> like over eight X against Houston, playing 34 minutes. <laughs> the previous game against Denver, he was great for for the five range too, like 5300, and um, against a, a team that plays no defense at a respectable pace. I don't know how you don't have these guys in your pool. I if if I'm playing a bunch of lineups, I'm definitely prioritizing both of these guys. I know it's an NB slate. I know it's a yokeish slate. I know there's 12 games, but I think you need some town shares at, at 8,300. You know, he could just he get out he get out scored by 10, but still be optimal because there's a huge difference in salary here. It's one of those things. So on FanDuel specifically, you're playing Russell a lot, you're playing towns a lot. I, I can't I'm looking at the playoff picture and I, I can't find a reason to like not want to. Not want to play these guys regardless here, so uh, that that's where I'm at with with uh, Minnesota. I, I mean, I'm I'm sure like I can probably speak for you and their tournament plays on DK Russell's you know, fairly appropriately priced, a little cheap, a little in the cheap end regardless. Uh, but talk to me about the Fanduel angle here. Like, what are your thoughts there with, with those prices?
1: Yeah, Fanduel they're just they're too cheap, and I think you have no choice but to play them. I think even on a 12 game slate, you're going to see a quite a bit of ownership because like they're. They're a thousand dollars too cheap in towns and Russell are the ones I'm talking about. Like Mm -hmm. I have a hard time trying to fade players that are a thousand dollars too cheap. Maybe we get enough value opens up and there's a a dozen guys that are, that are a thousand too cheap. But as, as it stands right now, there, they would definitely be priorities for me on DK. You kind of nailed it. Like not as much interest, but they're still in play good matchup against Washington here. Um, Towns up at 9,500 is, it feels like it's just a tougher spot for him at that price tag. Uh, I think I'd be looking at Russell again, and that's um, Beasley with the questionable tag. And we'll have to see what Patrick Beverly, he's a guy that we've seen pop up on the injury report several times. If both of those guys were to, to miss, I mean, that just makes Russell like an autoplay. Yeah, uh, I agree. I agree. Um,
0: let's move on here. Milwaukee and Chicago. And uh, looking at the Bucks, it looks like Giannis has a knee injury, but he is likely to play. He's probable. Um, other than that, it's a pretty clean side of things here. He's 12-1. Uh, FanDuel, I mean, you know, uh, what's Milwaukee playing for? Uh, you know, they're the three seed right now against Toronto. And, you know, I, I feel like they're, they'd probably be fine with that matchup. So uh, I, I think they kind of want to stay pace here. Uh, the Bulls that they're playing is the current Sixers matchup. The Sixers have the same record as the Bucks, but, but the Bucks have the tiebreaker here. So um, tough to say. I, I think we just need to approach Milwaukee as if they're playing a win um, and just kind of look at it that way. That, that's my best guess here um you have similar thoughts here just kind of think you know we can't get inside these guys heads unless we see some reports here uh, what are your thoughts here with Milwaukee are they going to play to win this thing
1: yeah we I think that they are um and, and I like this matchup against Chicago too so yeah. I, all we can do is just see what what kind of news comes out if Giannis is active I think you just have to trust that you're going to get his normal 35-ish minutes um and if that's the case I absolutely love him in this spot. He would be one of my favorite spends on the slate. Um, Chicago just has struggled on the defensive end. Um, Slight rivalry here with the bulls and the bucks. Um, So I I don't know. I like, I like Giannis in this spot a good amount.
0: Yeah. I, um, I think fans did it, did it right and made him the most expensive player on the slate. Um, He's the third most expensive player on DK. So that's interesting here. Yeah. I love the spot too. You know, um, the bulls aren't fantastic defensively. You know, A little bit better with Caruso, but it's just not anything to write home about. And they've kind of been exposed against kind of the elite tier competition
1: so far this season. So I'm with you. I I like the Giannis play. Yeah, the Bulls just don't have anyone. They don't have anyone with the length to match up with Giannis. Like Vujic is not athletic enough to keep up. DeRozan is not great on the defensive end. So, uh, I mean, Patrick Williams, I guess, but I don't know how much the, the Bulls would be willing to run him out. He's coming back from injury so. Any even him, it's it's Giannis, and Giannis can win in any matchup. But we've seen Giannis smash the Bulls a couple times already this season. Wouldn't surprise me to see him do it again.
0: Yeah, and the rest of these bucks is kind of typically the same stuff. Uh, Drew's a little overpriced, and I'm probably not going to have much of him. Middleton at 7,400 is perfect for tournaments. And if I'm multi-entering, I typically set build rules to separate Middleton and Giannis. Uh, I know there are rarities where they both go off at the same time, but typically if it's not Giannis, Middleton kind of crushes. Um, so I don't mind Middleton, not a priority. You know, Bobby Portis is getting cheaper, but Brooke Lopez coming back has really been hindering his performance and cutting into his minutes. you look looking at Brooke Lopez at 4,200. Speak of the devil. You're like, wow, he should be smashing at 42. But like the, minute, the production is just not there. The minutes are uncertain. So I don't even want to go
1: there. Um, thoughts on any of these other bucks, Keith? Yeah, I, I, it's Giannis only for me. Uh, Middleton's up at 8,500 on DK, a little bit too much. Um, fine in the lineup if you're fading Giannis, but I don't love him. Um, Brooke Lopez just hasn't seen enough minutes. The, the price, we've seen him put up big games before, but he's just not getting enough minutes to where I want to play him at this point. Um, his presence takes away Portis and Drew. I don't love the price there either. So it's, it's just Giannis for me on the books.
0: Yeah, looking at Chicago, the, the the quote unquote big three there is healthy. The um, Rose is up to ninety one on Fanduel. Uh, just feel like this is a tough matchup for Vuce, you know, against Milwaukee. Just doesn't seem like a good fit. Um, and Levine, I feel like you're a Levine guy, and he's really cheap on Fanduel. He's playing mega minutes, been crushing lately, uh, and I kind of like the the little stack with Levine and Giannis. If this game is going to stay closer, seventy two hundred on Fanduel. Uh, who's your favorite bull? regardless of price, I guess. And, uh, you know, does a 72 for Levine pique your interest on Vandal?
1: Yeah, I do have interest. Levine would be of the three studs on the Bulls. Levine is the one I'm most interested in. Um, DeRozan's price has come up. Um, he was down near 8K a couple of days ago, but has put up some big performances since then. And now now that he's back up to 9K, I would just rather money and, and go to Levine. Um, I like the, the matchup against this bucks team a little bit better for him as well. Um, DeRozan, just a guy that kind of lives in the mid range, the, the bucks defend the mid range really well, where they struggle from three a little bit more. So yeah, Levine, Levine is the bull that I am looking at.
0: Agreed. I like Levine a lot. Uh, he's probably would probably be one of my only exposures from, uh, from Chicago, um, Alex Caruso didn't practice Monday, but he took shots and he plans to play Tuesday. That's something to monitor. I mean, he's a guy at 4100 who's like a large field. Get lucky guy, He'll, you know, in, in, the, in a high pace game, scrap a little bit. I'm not prioritizing Caruso and I don't even know if I'm endorsing his, to play him. But he's so cheap and, you know, in a high-paced game, he gets a couple steals. It could happen here, but it's Levine for me, and I'm not, you know, crazy about anybody else on the side of things. Anything else in this one, or should we move on uh, to another eight o'clock game here?
1: I do want to know that Patrick Williams has been over 30 minutes the last two games. So I don't love this matchup for him, but he is seeing the minutes. Like they're starting to get more comfortable with him, it feels like. I might have to wait and see it one more time out of him, though. I don't. I just. I think he's going to be on Giannis for a lot of this game. I could see him being in foul trouble.
0: Yeah, thank you for. that. I'm glad you said that. And he is only 38 on DK, up to 44 in Fanduel, um, which his recent play hasn't been a problem at 44 either. But um, you're right. The Giannis thing scares me a little bit, but um, I do like him at 38 on DK a little more than the 44 here uh next game on the radar here portland and okc i don't know why i feel like these guys play every single night it's just, <laughs> it's just, what it's just like um we got triple double
1: god we're we're betting their props every single night that's that's the problem here <laughs> that's true you're right we we literally are <laughs> yeah
0: triple double poku keith how about that
1: insane man point poku
0: <laughs> yeah you know i i know you spend a lot of time in okc and i was there recently uh, visiting a friend for a wedding and I love that they love Poku. They had so much Poku merchandise. They had, like, uh, you know, what do they call them? Those, those fanny packs with, like, Poku has his own line of, like, <laughs> is that the right term? Man packs? I, or, like, like is that a thing? I, I don't know. But they had so much Poku merchandise, it was crazy. Um, and he dropped the triple-double. And we're big Poku guys, I think. But looks like he's sick, but he's supposed to play. Um, Trey Mann, not going to play. Darius Baisley, unfortunately, uh, hurt and out for the rest of the year. SGA also out for the rest of the year. Derek Faber is also hurt and out. Josh giddy out for the rest of the year. Ty Jerome out. Kenrick Williams out for the year. Dort, surgery, Muscala. I mean, All these guys are out. Um, it looks like Robinson Earl is going to play, though. One guy who has missed some time. But it looks like he's gonna play. I don't know how much that matters. Uh, but maybe maybe a
1: little bit here. I I don't know. We're finally seeing he's these been pr- active the last couple, but he is on a minutes restriction, I believe, or has been anyway. We'll have to see if anything else comes out about that. But
0: I mean, I'm not. We're not targeting him, you know. Regardless, but. I- you know, we're seeing these prices finally catching up to the production. They're not free squares anymore. Poku's 6,100. Maladon, 6,700. Roby, who is a great fantasy point-per-minute guy when he has chances, is up to 7K on FanDuel. You know, um, Sar has been really good. He's almost 5K, uh, but he's been crushing, uh, and I think he's interesting here. Getting a little tougher here with the prices, though, though, KC. Keith, what are your thoughts here on these guys?
1: The pricing is tough, but the matchup is phenomenal. Portland has been the worst defense in basketball um, since they trade a bunch of guys away and then ruled a bunch of guys out for the rest of the season. Like This Portland team doesn't play any defense. Um, It's difficult to know uh, exactly who's going off at any given time on Oklahoma City. I think Poku is still playable even at 6,700 um maladon is up to 7300 on dk that price is a little bit tougher for me but he's another guy who has shown like 40 fantasy point upside with his role i i have interest i think even um with this pricing uh it doesn't feel good paying (laughs) these prices for these guys like not something i ever thought would we would see um but i think you just i don't know that i want to like stack them up play two or three of them in the same lineup but it seems like we get a ceiling game out of Maladon, Roby, or Poku, like every game that they play. So I'll probably mix those three into my, my build. Um, The, the secondary guys are even more difficult. Like we saw a random Jalen Horde game. Um, Aaron Wiggins just doesn't seem to want to shoot the ball very much. Like if like he's the guy who has has the talent, it seems like, and we've seen a forty point ceiling out of him as well. But I just don't like the shot volume that we've seen out of him. It's he's he's fine to yield to Maladon or Poku or whoever's hot that day. Um, so yeah, despite despite the three guys up there in the six to seven k range um, feeling like they're overpriced, I think those are the three guys I would be targeting for the ceiling.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think they're good for multi-entering. Uh, you know, there's a chance one of them will go for 40, 45 fans points kind of thing here. Uh, Portland is just a disaster. I, I can't believe we're sitting here and Damian Lillard is still on that roster. I, I know the trade deadlines well in the past, but um, I, I'm interested to see what shakes out in the offseason. Like, he can't be happy Yeah, in Portland. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's been quiet on the Dame front lately, too, which is – which is a little bizarre here. Listen, we've been targeting a lot of these Blazers and their prices are up too, but they're they are they're doing exactly what you said the Magic are doing, but they're like perfecting it. They literally played almost everyone like 18 to 25 minutes that they had active against the Spurs, which, which makes it incredibly hard to want to target any of these guys. Like outside of Eubanks, none of them are really good. And Brandon Williams is okay. But at their prices now, none of them are great point-per-minute guys either, really. I know the matchup's great, but, like, I'm maybe considering Eubanks and maybe considering Brandon Williams, but with, with what they just showed with their rotation, I'm really not willing to target the Keon Johnsons, even though they're cheap, but, like, you know, like, they're not good point-per-minute producers, and if he only plays 23, 24 minutes, it gets a little sketchy.
1: Yep, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, it would be Eubanks and Williams for me, mainly. Um like the, poor, the the rest of the guys, they're not near minimum price in the 3K range anymore. It's really more of like a, a 4K range. So like Keon Johnson, he's actually 5K on DK. That's just too much for the, the production per minute. Um, LB, same thing, 4,900. Chris Dunn, 4,800. Um, Greg Brown at 4,400. Maybe if I had to, to look into who one of the lower price guys would be, the guy I'm looking at. But I think Eubanks would be my preferred option. He's probably the the guy I would look to pair with uh, one of the Thunder guys. He seems to have the most secure role in, like, the 30-minute range. Uh, production has been there. So I think Eubanks would be my target on the Portland side, despite the price tag being a little bit elevated from where it probably should be. And the matchup's good. I just don't
0: know what they're going to do with the minutes. And Eubanks is a point-per-minute guy on a team like this. Uh, but uh, it's, it's a tough sell. Um, I. I I'd need to see him play like 33, 32, 33 minutes, another game for me to like want to invest, but uh, totally get it. So two bad teams where the prices are creeping up and uh, you know, maybe we see some more surprises with the injury report with them. Who who knows? Um, I got anything else on this one or should we
1: move on? No, did, was there a total on this game? I'd be really interested to see where the total lands. We've, this kind of has like um, Houston Sacramento vibes where there's just going to be absolutely no defense and there's going to be like 240 to 250 points put up here. So I, I think it's kind of an important game for the slate, even though pricing seems way high on these guys. Take the over then, if, if that's what you're on. Because hey, right now, na- <laughs> right now, right
0: now, I'm seeing 223.5 right now. Okay. So, uh, hey, well, if, you're, if, you're, if your gut's they, on the over, they, blindly
1: <laughs> they are lacking talent on the offensive end too so <laughs> i think houston and sacramento both have a little bit more offensive talent but i don't know it has the vibes of that game to me
0: yeah just before we get on to the final couple of games here just to backtrack i have right now the brooklyn houston totals 242 and a half brooklyn's 17 and a half point favorite so that means Jeez. their their team totals pushing 130 almost just about, <laughs> which is which is crazy so that's a big number um San Antonio and Denver, and the big news here is DeJounte Murray uh, is sick and not playing, and uh, he went on Twitter and kind of, you know, uh, told San Antonio and the, the Spurs faithful he was sorry. He said he randomly got sick, and it sucks. It happened at the crucial time while me and the team are rolling. I lost seven to eight pounds and have been feeling awful and doing everything to get healthy first, then working out to get ready to help the team to get in this play in and fight for the playoffs, so man, that stinks. And uh, Dejounte Murray is an, another candidate for Most Improved Player of the Year. He's he's awesome, um, and we love targeting him in tournaments for sure. So the Spurs are going to take on Denver on the road without Dejounte Murray here. What uh, you know, what does that do? I tell you what, Keldon Johnson's been great lately. Uh, he's seventy three hundred on Fanduel. What are your thoughts on him without
1: Dejounte Murray? Yeah, tougher matchup here against Denver and going into Denver, too. Um, Keldon is fine. Pirtle is fine. Uh, Trey Jones is is the guy I'm looking at. Um, He's only 4 k on DK. I don't know what his price over there is on FanDuel, but 40 DK points. Obviously, a great matchup against Portland in the last one. He's going to have a a more difficult time here in Denver, uh, but he's still just far too cheap taking over that, that DeJounte Murray role. Yeah, he's thirty seven
0: hundred here on, on FanDuel. So um his, <laughs> you know, his uh his bust percentage here is is low it, despite the yep. matchup. So Trey Jones is your first stop for cash games. And you know what? Like depending how you play in tournaments, he might be a lock or a free square or or you know, if you're dancing with the devil with a full fade, I don't know. Like he's gonna come in egregiously owned, but it's kind of warranted. So uh, another decision point on what to do with Trey Jones, but yeah, despite the matchup, he's the guy. Keldon Johnson, I think, is in play for tournaments. Uh Vassal's been good too, really good. Um, but Trey Jones just has like elite upside at that price for sure. Um you know for tournaments, I'm thinking, you know, if he's gonna be massively owned, let's pair him with Jokic. Let's hope this thing stays kind of close here. Is that what you're thinking?
1: Yeah, I, I like that call. Um Jokic is one of my favorite spins on the slate. Probably my probably the top spend for me. Um, I know we talked up Giannis a good amount, but I I think I if I, if I had to choose one, I'd go Jokic. Um, the Spurs have played fast this year. Obviously, some bro, blowout risk since they're without Dejounte. Um, but I just I don't think Pertle can stop Jokic. Not that many people can, but um, I would like if I was playing Jokic. I think that's when you include you need somebody in addition to Trey Jones. Like Trey Jones is a price play. You need like a Keldon or a Vassal, somebody who can put up a ceiling game um, to keep this game closer and allow, allow Jokic to pay off his, his massive price tag as well.
0: I know we mentioned Embiid at the beginning of the show. Uh, Where do you rank them? Does Trey Jones being on the other side of Jokic at most likely super, super chalk, like does that incline you to play more Jokic to kind of mitigate some of that maybe and, or, or how, you know, how do you rank these two centers? On FanDuel, you can only pick one, so that's the problem there.
1: Yeah, that man, it's it's a really difficult question. Um, Embiid's slightly cheaper. Both have phenomenal matchups. Oh, man, that, yeah, this is going to be like a back-and-forth all-morning type of decision here. Um, <laughs> play draft games yeah. and play the utility, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Maybe we get enough uh, value open up, we can play both of them. Yeah,
0: it's, it's certainly possible, and uh, Trey Jones will be a start here. I'm not crazy about anybody else uh, on Denver. You know, Will Barton's been playing much better, although I'm you know, playing a ton of minutes, too. Like, on this slate, I just I don't know if I'm, if I'm going to go there and look for, like, 8X upside, even though the Spurs are a great matchup. But I'm kicking the tires on it. You know, Aaron Gordon had that one crazy monster game. He's up at 6K. I'm not really uh, interested in that price. Uh, what else you got anything else for this game?
1: Anybody you're looking at? No, it, it's just Jokic for me. That's fair.
0: Trey Jones will be all over every website in about 10 hours. You know, we'll see him on the homepage of everywhere. He's going to be the chalk guy. So, uh, Trey Jones for cash games. That's, that's the move. Uh, we got Memphis and Utah. We're finally coming to the home stretch here. Thanks for sticking with us here on the Roto Grinders NBA. Morning, Grant. I am the loot and I'm filling in for Stevie alongside of Keith the Iceman, Easter, and we have Memphis and Utah. Desmond Bain will not play for Memphis. Jaron Jackson will not play. It looks like Jaws not going to play. Tyus Jones not going to play. Killian Tate's out. Steven Adams is out. I don't know if I said that already either. So, so here we are. Here Here we are. Um, here i don't know i'm seeing
1: different conflicting stuff on desmond Bean. Jeez. yeah i, I wonder know. if that was from over the weekend because they rested a bunch of guys over the weekend
0: okay but, hey well i stand uh, corrected and i apologize so let's pretend that stretch of 30 seconds didn't happen <laughs> so jaws out we're, we're looking at jaw and brooks is uh questionable he's doubtful okay so then we're gonna miss their
1: backcourt here most likely yeah, that, that's what I'm seeing as well, um, and that that makes sense because Dylan Brooks is the one, like, main rotation piece that did not rest over the weekend, so it would make sense that Brooks is the guy that they're going to rest here, um, but Bain, Triple J, Tyus, Adams, I think, are all in.
0: Yeah, I apologize, folks. Uh, it, it's amazing that that was kind of my first goof uh, looking at all these screens with the injury reports here. So, ju- <laughs> so just to reiterate, Ja is out, and Dylan Brooks is doubtful, and that's what we're looking at on Memphis um you'll have to let me know what dk looks like i have fans will pulled up bane is 7k tyus jones 6600 uh jaron jackson 5900 so if you thought you might get your uh, other free square here with another jones you're not really gonna get that at 6600 with tyus jones i'm not paying 66 for him uh what what do you got over there on dk with with some of these guys
1: filling in for jaw and potentially brooks Yeah, you've got Bain at 7,400, Triple J at 7,300, Tyus at at 6K. So about where they should be, I would say. Uh, Probably a little bit more usage to go around. Um, But yeah, like if you're like Trey Jones versus Tyus Jones, that's not even close um, with that salary gap. So, Um, and, And a tough matchup in Utah as well is the other thing here. Um, I'll probably like tournament only for me. Uh, I just, I don't love the pricing. I don't love the matchup. Um, even though there's some opportunity to go around, I'm not as interested after like working through this as, as I thought I would be originally here. Um, not to say that Tyus Jones isn't in play at 6k. It's just going to be a lot more difficult for him to pay that off in, in a tough matchup.
0: Not only that and and Jaron Jackson's 5,900 on FanDuel and, Before you say, wow, look at that smash play. Memphis uh, has locked up the second seed in the West Keith. So I'm not sold on on Jackson's minutes in this one. I know he can do damage as a high usage guy here. But the fact that they're locked into that two seed, it's almost just like, let's get the guys out there, get them some reps. And then, you know, we're not going to play them 35 minutes. So this is a tough game and I'm not really interested in Memphis Solely because of they got things locked up, and I don't know if we're gonna see a ton of run out of anybody this way, missing some bodies here.
1: Yeah, I, I think that makes sense. When we, we first started uh moving on to this game, I thought we were gonna talk about Memphis and being in a good spot, but I'm I'm kind of with you. I'm I'm out on them, I think.
0: Yeah. Um Utah on the flip side, they could move up or down, it looks like. They're a game. They're a game in the. They're a game behind Denver in the win column, uh, and they're a game ahead of Minnesota in the win column. So there could be a little flipping and flopping here, but uh, I would uh, you know I would imagine Utah wants to win this game. You know to stay in that six. You don't want to. You don't want to dip below six, right? So, um, Davin Mitchell, fairly priced, eighty three hundred. You now, whenever he uh, Fandle, anyway, uh, whenever he's around that price, he kind of pops and models as wow, this is a great price for him. So uh, he's another guy who's interesting for cash games, I feel like, at that price here. What are your thoughts on Mitchell in Utah?
1: Yeah, I like Mitchell here. Um, 8,600 on DK, perfectly fine price. Um, Dylan Brooks, a very good uh, perimeter defender. We're assuming he rests here. jaw has been playing decent, and he's going to be out. So that Memphis defense that's been pretty good all season, I think, takes a couple of hits here. Um, I have interest in Mitchell. Uh, he was playing outstanding while Bogdanovich was out for a few games there. Um, but he, I mean, Bogdanovich is back now and he still has has played well, Continu- continuing to score a bunch. Um, I think the Memphis defense takes a bit of a hit and I, I'm i on Donovan Mitchell for the spot.
0: Yeah, I like that call a lot. I mean, Mike Conley is really, fairly priced on FanDuel at 55. A <laughs> little revenge spot for him there too. Uh, you know, on this slate, you know, he went off against Golden State. Uh, like when I was talking about my buddy and his uh, parlay at Conley for five threes. I, I mean, God, just that in his own rate right is crazy. What a sicko. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm not chasing that on this slate. So uh, I'm with you. It's pretty much just Mitchell for me. I think on the Utah side of things here, uh, two games left, Keith, let's wrap this up. We have the Pelicans. They are going to square off against Sacramento and, You know, blindly looking, you think, wow, that seems like a very um, fantasy-friendly atmosphere here. So, Alex Lynn will not play. Let me make sure I got this right again. Let me pull up the right screen here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw the Alex Lynn news earlier. Um, You know, Sabonis and Fox, uh, you know, they're they're mailing it in, guys. (laughs) Uh, You've been targeting Davion Mitchell quite a bit. And uh, he's been treating you pretty good here, seventy two hundred for your guy here. What are your thoughts about that price on FanDuel? Is he is he close on DraftKings?
1: Uh, he's seventy nine hundred on DraftKings. Um, okay. So the assist prop is what what has been pretty good to me. He he burned me on the points prop a couple of days ago, um, but the assists have been very consistent. Uh, he's just taken on a huge role here with De'Aaron Fox out. Obviously Halliburton and and are in Indiana, so he's he's the lead guy in this backcourt now. Seventy nine hundred feels like a tough price, and it's a little bit concerning that his shot has been off these last two games. He's shot four of eleven and three of thirteen in the last two. Um, not great compared to what he was putting up, and and now the price tag is up there, kind of consistent with those games where he was he was going off. So. It's a tough ask for, for Mitchell. Um, it is a good matchup against the Pelicans. I'll have a little bit, but not not a primary target. If that assist prop opens up at around seven and a half, maybe even eight and a half, but seven and a half, I, I'd be in on that for sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, the minutes are still major, major minutes. They want to give this kid a, a chance to, to show him what they got. Um, I agree. He's had two bad games. Um, last four weeks, he's averaging – 32 fantasy points per 36 minutes without Sabonis, Fox, and, of course, Halliburton and Heald. Um, It's an interesting little contrarian spot here. You know, if you think he bounces back here, um, especially at 72 on FanDuel against New Orleans and what should be minimal resistance on the Pelican side of things, they, you know, uh, as usual. So I think Mitchell is interesting on FanDuel. Um, Devin Chenzo has been getting a ton of burn for Sacramento under the same circumstances here. He had a crazy uh, 50 bomb against Houston. I just, I just don't want to chase that man. Um, so I, I think I have interest in Mitchell You um, know, Trey Lyles at 5,200. Damian Jones is up to like 5k
1: now. Ah, I just, just don't know if I could go there, man. Is, is he a uh, center only on FanDuel? Cause that's the problem. Like, the 5K price tag is not the problem. Are we talking it, about Damian Jones? Yeah, Damian Jones. Is he center only? Yeah, he's center only. Yeah, that's that's tough with Jokic and Embiid on the slate. But that, Damian Jones has been playing really well. Um, he, like, absolutely crushed Houston two games in a row. Um, and he played 35 minutes in the last game against Golden State. So, he's playable at 5K. The problem is the opportunity cost. Um, I don't know that I could try to fade um, – Jokic and Embiid to, to play him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, more of a DK play there for sure. Yeah, he's up to 6,600 on DK is the issue. So it's more of a price thing on DK, positional on, on FanDuel. Going to be tough to play him, I think.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, Harrison Barnes is down to 5,100. You know, here, you know, here's a guy who could 7X pretty easy at that tag. He's playing mega minutes, hasn't shown that upside too many times a lot you know over the last you know four to six weeks but I could understand playing him at 5100 I don't think a lot of people are going to be on him on this slate Um, the interesting news here which you know we're just hoping as a 10 o'clock game that we get this early in the day uh, is Valentinus' is questionable with that ankle and that opens up Jackson Hayes who's just 4300 on FanDuel and Um, Hayes hasn't played a lot of minutes the last week. Um, He still had some decent games here, but if Valanciunas is out, uh, you know Jackson Hayes at forty three hundred is really interesting. That also opens up Willie Hernan Gomez here, so um, who hasn't played in the last three games, by the way? But he's uh, Hernan Gomez is such a crazy fantasy point producer that he, you know, Hernan Gomez won't pop in models if we don't get the news before lock. But he's one. He might even show up on some of them. Uh, You know, he might be at the bottom if Valanciunas is still in doubt here. But just keep an eye on Hernan Gomez and just know that that could be some 9 o'clock news that could totally shift this slate here. I mean, if you can get a Jackson Hayes or Hernan Gomez, uh, if Valanciunas is, you know, ruled out at 8.30 Eastern and there's only two games left, like if you keep a roster slot open, that could change the game. So it's it's a bad timing thing, Keith with the Valanciunas news because they're tipping off at 10 Eastern and there's only one game after that, which is LA and Phoenix.
1: Uh, Yeah. I mean, obviously the the Valanciunas news is, is a big thing. I was trying to see, like I'm interested in what Phoenix will do because JaVale McGee is 4,200 as well. So that might help you build in, um, like if we had McGee to flip, to swap to, you know what I'm saying? Like if, yeah. if Valanchunas ends up getting ruled in and you could swap that to McGee because a- Aiton is resting, that, that would be huge. Um, So I think I would be, be willing to gamble on this situation. Um, depending on what, what news breaks. Now, maybe we get the Valanchunas news early in the afternoon and, and we know that Hayes is going to be a great play, but personally, as a, as a larger field tournament player, I'm hoping that this news doesn't break until midway through the slate and uh, you get Hayes at much lower ownership than he should be. So absolutely love that call. Um, this game environment overall, I think is one of the better ones on the slate. Obviously you mentioned the, the big total in Brooklyn. I think Portland, OKC just will play no defense at all. There's that's a good game environment for me. Um, but this one's right up there. Uh, so I, I have interest in McCollum and Ingram as well. Um, obviously, a little bit of blowout risk, but if Valentina sits, I think that helps. Uh, maybe Davion Mitchell finds his shot and, and can keep this game close. So, I think there's there's some upside here for tournaments, um, and I'll be I'll be stacking this one up a little bit. I think.
0: Yeah, let's roll right over into that conversation. Good segue. Uh, DeAndre missed over the weekend. You think they'd rest him in back-to-back games? Here is it in the cards?
1: I mean, what they've got the one seed locked up. There's no reason for them to play the guys, but who knows?
0: Yeah, I mean, like, Chris Paul played over the weekend. Booker um, missed. He so like, this. And, maybe yep. it's Chris Paul's turn to miss. I, I'm kind of, like, thinking about that. And if he misses, I don't know. I mean, Cameron Payne still play minutes in the teams only, so – he's a very turned into a very important part of that rotation too, so even like how much how much would he play it's very tricky here. I think the obvious answer is we, as fantasy players you know we're hoping like you said as tournament players let's hope let's hope Deandre gets ruled out middle of the slate and you have uh swap swapped I think that's a fantastic call. I don't know how likely it is, but uh you know we can monitor some some beat raiders news and stuff like that here, so this has a chance to be a very interesting kind of. Kind of late couple of games here between Phoenix, already set in stone with what they have in front of them and resting guys, and of course the Valanciunas news at ten o'clock here. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it could be a Chris Paul rest spot here. At Cameron Payne at fifty one hundred, if he plays twenty five minutes, like, do you have any interest in that, or is that, or
1: are you still not going to choose Cameron Payne if Paul's out? Uh, yeah. I think pain pain's role is better with Paul out than it was with Booker out. Like we saw Paul get all of the run at point guard. And I, I was on crunch time on Sunday and we were talking about like, why is Chris Paul going to play a bunch of minutes here? But then Oklahoma city actually ended up keeping that game close. And Paul played, th- played his normal 30 minutes. Um, so Payne was in the conversation Sunday and that did not work out at all. But if it, If uh, it was Paul that sat instead of Booker, I I would have more – I'd be willing to go right back to pain despite getting burned by him Sunday. Yeah, tricky game here. Um,
0: On the Lakers' side of things, he's questionable. LeBron's questionable. Uh, You know, played almost 40 minutes against New Orleans um, over the weekend, and then he rested against Denver. Lakers couldn't get it done when it mattered. And you know, LeBron chucked up that air ball at the buzzer. And that was just like pretty much story of the season. Uh, <laughs> what, what are your thoughts here with, with the Lakers here? We have some questionable tags here that are pretty important as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's obviously going to depend on when we get the news for LeBron and AD um, and what that news is. Um, if, if everybody's playing, I think it depends on what Phoenix does as well, but I, LeBron is too, too expensive to play if AD is in there, I think. Um, I'd play AD at 9K on DraftKings, uh, but LeBron up at eleven two 2 with AD in there, I just feel like I know he's been playing 40 minutes when he's out there, but I don't know that there's much ceiling left with, with AD there as well. So I think Anthony Davis would be the guy I'd, I'd look to if they both end up resting for some reason, I Westbrook is in the conversation. And then we could talk about some like Malik Monk, but this, this one is entirely news dependent. So I think building with that new Orleans Sacramento game before this, that's only 30 minutes that tips off 30 minutes prior, just to give yourself a little roster flexibility is going to be important because this Lakers news is, does matter for the slate. I think, um, uh, my gut instinct is that they both end up playing here and then i don't have a ton of interest and then i, I would just keep most of my exposure in the new orleans sacramento game
0: i think that's a good call and, and, and the lakers aren't dead yet but they need a ton of help to get in to that playoff scenario as well it's pretty unlikely that that they're gonna make it happen and get in so uh i think you're right i think they play like and, and you know, and hope they get all the help they need, but it's it's unlikely that the Lakers get in here. Um, and Phoenix is still pretty good defensively; they play slow, regardless of who's at point. So it's not like the best matchup. I agree. Uh, in Terms of these late games here, it's figuring out the Valanciunas news and how, or how how likely um, DeAndre is going to sit on the other side of that Lakers game. Uh, Jackson Hayes way too cheap if if Valanciunas does sit. Uh, and, you know, New Orleans uh, wants to, you know, keep the pedal down here as they're currently the nine seed just ahead of San Antonio. Um, and yeah, Hernan Gomez, of course, is bare minimum here. So you, know, you have two guys. I mean, you you could you could play Hernan Gomez and um, and Jackson Hayes together. Like, it's not my favorite path here because I, I'm thinking like people are probably pondering that question, but like they're both point-per-minute guys, especially Hernan Gomez. If you get 20 out of Hernan Gomez and, uh, you know, 25 out of Hayes, like, it's possible here. Um, what's your lean here if Valanciunas is out? Do you have a preference between Hayes and Hernan Gomez here?
1: Um, I mean, I'd, I'd feel more comfortable with Hayes's role for sure. Just – but, like, it's been a while since we've seen Hernan Gomez get the, the run. Um, he's obviously a phenomenal point per, per minute guy though. So I don't hate the both of them call. Like they play Hayes alongside Valentina sometimes. I would think they would play him alongside um, Hernan Gomez a little bit too. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but yeah, I mean, Hernan Gomez is cheaper, but I feel more uh, comfortable with Hayes' role. So slight lean to Hayes, I guess, just because it's it's more secure, a little bit safer, but I, I think they're both in play if Valentina sits for sure.
0: I agree. And if Valanciunas does sit early in the Slater beforehand, he, he, Hayes becomes a priority. Would you agree with that too? I would. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. All right. Now that, that was a grind, buddy. I, we're through all the games. <laughs> Finally give anything to add or anything we, uh, you know, anything we we skipped that you want to add in there. Any last words, I guess, before we log off.
1: No, I mean this is going to be a wild crazy slate, probably news breaking throughout the day. So, um, like I mentioned, if you're if you're invested, make sure that you're you're willing to stick it out throughout the night because all the way up to that last game with the Lakers news, um, it's going to have to be paying attention for sure. Keith, where can the people find you on Twitter? Uh, you can find me at, at ice819dfs, eys819dfs. Um, check out my article for sure that, that usually drops Monday, Wednesday, Fridays it's over on scores and odds. So Appreciate the, the shout out there and uh, look forward to providing some good content over there.
0: Absolutely. And MLB is right around the corner and I know you'll be invested yeah. between Roto and scores and odds and, and uh, it's going to be a good time. I'm just happy that we have a season. that was in doubt a couple of weeks ago and for sure. And here we are. So uh, let's get out of here. Thanks for sticking with us. We hope we helped navigate through some of this mess. Uh, that's Keith Eister. I'm Justin Carlucci filling in for Stevie. Enjoy your day and good luck, everybody.